Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. was captured at 14. Suffer alongside his men. His character, I think, can pretty much be summed up by two of his notable phrases. One, he said this. He says, I was born for the storm and a calm does not suit me. And two, he said, one man with courage makes a majority. One man, another man with great courage, amen, was a great civil rights leader. We know uh, Martin Luther King Jr. We celebrate his life tomorrow, I believe it is. He said this about courage. He said, courage is an inner resolution to go forward despite obstacles. How many of you believe he had a few obstacles in his life? He said this. He said, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But whatever you have to do, you have to keep moving forward. The church was never meant to be totally in a defensive mode. We have to contend for the faith. We understand that. You understand? That's our defensive mode. We have to draw lines. We have to stand for the faith that was once delivered a very long time ago to those chosen 123,000 5,000, so on and so forth. And it took courage. And it took a willingness to stand in their hour in order to make sure that this message would continue even prior to them having the written word. (laughs) We can't even imagine what it was like back in those days, just simply going by the word of mouth of the apostles, being eyewitnesses. They didn't do it just on the day of Pentecost. They literally, it was out of the mouth of the eyewitness account of those 12 apostles discounting Judas, adding Matthias, and then Paul into the category, that they were eyewitnesses, and it was by their word for, what? They think uh, probably Matthew was the first book written, first gospel written, and it was like 35 A.D. or something. Whoa. And so... They trusted the words of the eyewitness account. When Peter stood up on the day, the birthday of the church, and he preached to them, Jesus Christ, him crucified, 
him buried, and we have seen him rise from the dead. And when he preached to them the new birth message, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name for the remission of those sins, and then filling the promise of the Holy Ghost, they believed his account because they knew that Peter had been to some places with the Lord and he had witnessed some things no one else in the world had ever witnessed and ever experienced. Failures, yes, but successes and determination and courage and faith got him to that place where he was not James, not John, not the beloved John preached that message, but it was Peter standing upon the authority of the Lord God himself. And you cannot deny that. They cannot, no matter what flag, what banner of Christianity... They, can, they will never deny the authority of the first message that was ever preached by a God-given authority. It is, you can't deny it. It's an impossibility. Amen. I think we could safely say that the courage... Both of these men, Andrew Jackson, Martin Luther King Jr., the courage of these men played key roles into moving our nation forward in a very stormy time of history. I was alive in the, the 60s. I was alive when they assassinated him. I was alive during the riots for racial justice. We were there. We saw it. We witnessed it. It wasn't just something that was written in the history books that I opened. I was there. I saw it. I witnessed it. And if it wasn't for men such as Andrew Jackson, we would not be in the place that we are at today. We are here, the entire history of the world, including the church. Everything has brought us to right now today. We could go into that. I, my goodness sakes. You have all the information, all of the knowledge, all of the wisdom from men that have lived for thousands of years. Wow. We also have record of two of the greatest leaders of Israel. Brother Ali highlighted just a little bit. Moses and Joshua. Moses led them out of captivity. Joshua was called on to lead them into the battle that awaited them once they got into the promised land. How many of you understood 
like you do today, that when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, that there was a battle on the other side of that baptismal tank. You probably didn't, did you? But oh, I'm here to tell you that when you take on the name, then you take on the possibility of this book that says that you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. It's not an if, you understand. When you take on his name, you also pick up that spiritual sword and you have to sometimes make a stand. And the only way that we do that is we receive courage from those that have gone on before us. Joshua was called on. Listen carefully. Even though Joshua had served Moses well, you can, you can read his history. We know he was a prayer warrior. We know that when Moses left the tent, the tabernacle of the congregation, at least in one place, the Bible says, but Joshua stayed on the inside praying. We know he was there on the mount, not quite as high as Moses went when he received the Ten Commandments, but we know that Joshua was there in waiting. He was following him. And even though Joshua had all of these things going for him, listen carefully, God spoke these words to Moses in Deuteronomy 3.28. And I'm going to paraphrase, I'm going to kind of use my own language here, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't distract from the truth of what's going on here. Apparently, Joshua had a little bit of vulnerability in his character. Apparently, there was something there that God knew that Moses didn't know because God speaks to Moses here, and he says, Moses... You need to charge Joshua. You need to encourage him. You need to strengthen him. For he shall go over before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land. One version says, Moses, you need to give him courage, and you need to give him strength. Sometimes, listen, we may think that we're all spiritually astute and we've got it all, you know. We've got the, the gift of discernment and we know what people need. Probably not. And I don't know whether this is an indicator that Moses, you know, even though he had this closeness with, with Joshua, but... Uh, there was something there that God saw and he said, Moses, before you can move forward, before my church can enter into a place that it's never been before, before uh, Joshua can lead them over the Jordan, Brother Ollie, he needs to have something that you need to remind him. He needs to be one that is courageous. Listen carefully, Joshua 1, 6 and 7. Moses has passed on. 
But listen to these very strong words that come from the book of Joshua. Joshua is recording his own words that he received. And it says this, God says, Joshua, he says, Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. He needed to have in his character something that is absolutely essential to this church of 2023. You're not going to get it by whatever God did for you in 2022. It's a new year. The place that you are standing on, you have never been before. You have crossed 2022. God God's saying you need to understand that 2023 is now and present and possibly a clear and present danger that you need to be aware of. You are going to need to be very courageous in order to lead your family through this coming stormy year. I'm not trying to be a Jeremiah up here. I'm just giving you what I see on the horizon. Partly looking through the rearview mirror, seeing where we've come from, and trying to look forward. But it's a little bit foggy every morning, it seems like. There's just enough fog to remind me that you will not be able to see clearly through the natural eye. You're going to need a spiritual eye that sees this year as something that you are going to have to make sure that you have courage in your life. You can read it, I mean, multiple times in that chapter. God said, Joshua, you need to be courageous. Why? Joshua 3, 4, for you have not passed this way before. Israel was getting ready to enter new territory. Our new territory is called 2023. So here we go to our setting here this morning. Matthew the 14th chapter. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him. Notice the, the, the expectation or whatever word you want to describe it there, but there was something about that the Lord felt so impressed that he needed to make sure that his disciples were going to get into this boat and only he knew what was going to go, what was going to face them before they got to that other side. And notice what the Bible says, that as soon as he got them in that boat, he assured them one thing. 
says that he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. He gave them the assurance, and that is the only thing that he gave them, folks. He said, I promise you one thing, that wherever you go, Joshua, I'm going to be with you. He was trying to get that principle into the lives of those disciples. He assured them that he was going to be there when they got to the other side. He would most assuredly, he would be there ready to meet them. We've been called into 2023 without knowing the events that await us. The only thing that we know for sure is that we will make it to the place of our calling. That's the only thing that I can assure you of. And whatever that calling is, Brother Ali, but here what I want to do in the general sense is I want you to understand, church, that there is only one way that you are going to make it to that other side, and that is that if you get in the boat and that you stay in the boat, and the only thing that God has promised you is that He will meet you on that other side. Wherever He has called you, He will make sure that He is there to greet you. What is a storm? It's a disturbance of the normal outside your comfort zone. It is a disturbance of the normal condition of the atmosphere. It manifests itself by winds of unusual force. Of course, we don't get much wind around here, but if you lived in a place where you got enough wind, it would rip the roof off for pity's sakes. And most of the time it's accompanied by rain, snow, hail, thunder, or lightning. Now most of us, we like thunder and lightning, right? Oh yeah. There's nothing better, right? To sit out there and with a golf club in your hand. Just kidding. And we get some good ones. But they are, there are five levels of storms in reference to hurricanes. One, they say, is very dangerous. Winds of 74 to 95. Two, they describe as extremely dangerous with 96 to 110 mile an hour wind. Three, they describe it as devastating. Winds of 111 to 129. Four, catastrophic 130 to 156 and 5 157 or higher major storm on the sea of the galilee could have winds of up to 60 miles an hour creating waves of up to 30 foot now this ceiling is 18 foot if i'm not mistaken all right Waves of up to 30 feet with winds possibly 
60 miles an hour. We're not talking about some little, you know, white water, you know, where you're in a canoe and you're able, you you're, have a little bit of a challenge maneuvering the white water. No, no. We're talking possibility of 30-foot waves. Listen carefully again to the words of the Master. Go before me to the other side. No matter the magnitude of your storm, we will get to the other side. No matter what comes tomorrow, the next day, the end of this year, Lord willing we see it, Brother Tim, it don't matter the magnitude of the storm. What matters is that your faith and your courage and your determination is intact because those are the things that will get you to the other side. Jesus did not promise smooth sailing. Only safe passage. The experts tell us the worst storms we go through in life can be connected to the major five things that will absolutely knock us off our rocker. One, on a scale of one to five, five being the most. Here's the storms that we go through in normal life. One, loss of job. I don't know about you. Now, I've, I've never been at a loss for a job, okay? But I can only imagine what it would feel like not to be able to provide for your family. For a man, hello, men, men, hello, men. That's what, by design, okay, we were made, one of our characteristics as men was to work and provide. Pretty weak. Can I get an amen from the men? Can I get an amen from the ladies? Thank you. Number two, illness. Brother Tim, you are an absolute warrior. How many of you have been ill last year? I... On my birthday last year, I was blessed with COVID. But I have not been sick a day since for an entire year. But illness, we can handle it when we're sick, okay, most of the time. 
men, you know, as long as we have a wife, you know. Oh, help me, help me, I need something. That's what they say we do. No. No. Not even. Not happening. But if it is an illness that comes to one of your loved ones, I got a good friend that they thought that uh, their son was had cancer, and she asked, you know, if she could talk to me a little bit about it and ask for my prayers. I said, well, of course you can. And uh, she was devastated, not knowing the outcome. Went and got a second opinion. Clean bill of health. But illness will, illness will throw a big old rock at you. Moving. I don't know why that's so. Grades 8 through 12, I moved 13 different times. Fortunately, it was in the same city. <laughs> True story. But moving is, you know, one of the things that causes a lot of anxiety, you know. Four. Divorce. I'm talking about storms that, as human beings, that we deal with. Okay? How many of you are human today? How many of you are not human? Raise your hand. I want to meet you. And number five, the top, of course, is a death in the family. That will stop you in your tracks. That will absolutely put the brakes on. In fact, most of these things, if we're not careful, they will. Why? Because these are storms. These are storms that come to us in this thing called living that will try to get us off of our compass off of our bearings, and the only thing that, and the most important thing that we have is our faith. But along with faith, we have to add a little bit of courage to it, knowing that we will, if we live long enough, we will absolutely face these things. And I'm here to remind us that, that it is not this life that we live in service to God. It is not about smooth sailing. If it was, Paul wouldn't have been shipwrecked three times. It's not about, you know, the luxury liner and the food they serve while you're on the boat ride. No, sir. It's about getting to the other side wherever it is that God has called you 
but it's for you to get there with the anticipation that he's just waiting for you. The disciples start out well. How many of you have been on the Sea of Galilee? Kathleen rode boat. I walked across it. Just kidding, okay? <laughs> and it was an absolutely beautiful day. They started out well, calmness, serenity, you know, dinner, having a good time. Woo, man. Have, have we seen great things today? Has the Lord, has the Lord been good to us today and look at the sunset and row 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 your boat and having a good old time and then there comes a change in the atmosphere nothing drastic in the beginning just a little fog a little breeze a little drizzle here and there making things a bit uncomfortable i hope that what we are living in today makes you feel uncomfortable. Because if you're not uncomfortable yet by the things that are going on in the world, then you better revisit your altar. Because you if the church don't feel uncomfortable today, something is wrong with my walk with God. Yeah, you better sense your spiritual antennas better be out there. and you, make, you better make sure that you are feeling the change in the atmosphere because I'm more of a preacher here today maybe than a pastor, but I'm here to tell you that there is a change in the atmosphere. There is something going on. Makes things uncomfortable and difficult to move forward. There are three senses that become exasperated during a storm. Sight. What we see. They were on the boat. They were in the will of God. They were in... They had been trying, trying, trying to get to the other side. They, they were tough guys, okay? And they were they had done nothing wrong yet, but all of a sudden it got dark. They should have already been to the place where they had uh, were supposed to get to, but they weren't there yet. Darkness. They were in the fourth watch of the night. The storm had already arrived. The waves, I don't know how big they were, but these were real. These were fishermen, a good part of them. They were used to what was going on on that particular body of water. They were not rookies. But apparently that storm was big enough that they could no longer see. It was dark and there was a mist that was covering their visual sight, and they couldn't see clearly. They were absolutely afraid. 
What do you see this morning? The only light that I see in today's world is the church. Because we are the light of the world. It is the only light that I see today. I see the light of the world just flickering on and off. And they can't, they don't know the source of the light. But I'm here. The only light that I see clearly this morning, that is the church of the living God. Sigh. And then what we feel, our feelings, oh my goodness, our feelings can be so unstable. Hello. What were they feeling, though? These were not just, you know, emotions. Okay, these weren't just emotions. You know, we are so crazy with our emotions. We're just... I've read where they tell us that 85% of, our, the, of the decisions that we make are based on the way we feel. Oh, my goodness, how silly can we be? Watch this now. What were they feeling? They were feeling the, possibly those 20-foot waves. And it was a storm. Any wind that brings that kind of an atmospheric change, you know what was happening? Is the adversary was trying to instill fear into their lives. He was trying to make sure that they did not make it to the other side. He was trying to break the Word of God that had been compelled into their lives and spoken into life. The adversary, who the Bible even declares that he is the God of this world and the prince and power of the air. Now, I don't know all that goes into that uh, job description, if you will, but something tells me that every once in a while he's involved in the storms that come my way because he wants to get me off a track. He wants to prevent me from getting to that other side. He wants me to get off track and I lose sight. They, here's what they were feeling. I don't know if you've ever been in a boat that's uh, in a storm. Kathleen can tell you about a, a little boat outing that silly me decided to take with six-month-old Chandra laying on the floor. How much? Okay, well, I, sorry, I exaggerated a little bit. But here's what they were feeling. They were literally being tossed around in that boat. That's what they were feeling. They were feeling unstable. They were rocking. They were probably feeling a little nauseous inside. They were probably starting to feel a little bit of the pain of the headache that was coming on due to the storm that they had found themselves in. 
I don't know if you've ever been in a storm. I'll tell you what happens to me when I get into a storm. I don't necessarily feel the nauseous. I just can't eat. And sleep. <laughs> I have sleep. I can't sleep anyway most of the time. But, but so here's This is what they were feeling. And listen to what these things. Listen to what they, what, what this brought them to. It resulted in creating in their midst an atmosphere of fear. With no way out. You can tell how bad the storm is by how other people are feeling who are close to you. Every one of those disciples was in the same boat. Every one of them was experiencing fear. Fear is the absolute enemy of faith. They cannot live together. They cannot be in the same vehicle. And here's, maybe they were puking overboard, I don't know. Pardon me, vomiting. But you know what? When you're vomiting, you don't care if they tell you you're puking or whatever. You just want to get it out of the system. But here they were, these hardcore 12. Oh, listen to me carefully. You can tell how bad it is by how other people are feeling who are close to you. What kind of energy, what kind of spirit are you loosing into your world? What kind of a spirit are you releasing into your home? What kind of a spirit are you releasing into your job? What, hey, listen, you can't, you have got, we are courageous in today's world. We've got to be that. We are the light. We are the salt. We are what makes this world click. The ship was now in the midst of the sea. Most of it, listen, what they feel now, now how, how do you see your way through this? The Bible says they were in the midst of the sea. The fourth watch, Jesus came walking toward them on the sea. What an absolutely incredible, incredible setting of Scripture. Verse 26, they thought they saw Jesus in the midst of this storm, but they doubted. I'm listen, he he has told us he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. He listen, even if he no matter where you go, he is with you, no matter what storm. They thought they saw him, but they doubted because it was dark and it was stormy and they were unstable in the way that they fell and they couldn't see clearly. But Peter 
thought that he saw Jesus in the midst of this thing. Oh, I could remind several here today of storms, devastating storms that I have been a witness that you have gone through. Yeah, come on. You know it. You know what you've done. You know what got you through it is in the middle of it all. You kept your eyes. You couldn't go by your feelings, but you knew that you could go by this book that was written for your encouragement. You knew that if you looked up, that you were going to see the Master in the midst of it all, and He was going to speak directly to you as He did. Peter said, Lord, if you are in this thing, then bid me come on the water. Bid me come right in the middle of the storm, God. Let me come close to you. We know the story. Jesus says, come. It's all. Come. We're told that they saw Jesus in the darkness, but they doubted, and they cried out in fear. Right away, Jesus spoke to them. He says, be of good cheer, it's I. Be not afraid. Want you to know then in the middle of any political corruption, in the midst of any economic downfall, in the midst of you possibly having to sacrifice your job because you refuse to take whatever that they are trying to pound down your throat, I'm here to remind you that Jesus is in the midst of it all. He is the God and He is in control of every situation. He said, be of good cheer. Peter says, if it's you, Lord, bid me come. There's only one way Peter gets to that place that the Master has called him to, and that is that his faith has got to be stronger than his fear. That's it. Your faith has to overcome all things. The Bible says we are made overcomers by what? By, by the blood of the Lamb. I want you to know that when the blood of Calvary is covered your your sinful heart, that there is nothing that will ever come against you that should instill fear into your life. He would not only brought you out of bondage, but He's taken you right into the promised land. And your promised land right now temporarily is right here right now. 
you got to leave that environment of fear. Hardest thing Peter had to do. I have no idea how he got out of that boat. But one thing that I do know is that he had to let go of that boat. He had to let go of all of the rest of his buddies that were living in fear. He had to separate himself from that atmosphere that was causing the delay in the calling that God had put into their lives. As you stand with us, you had to let go of that boat. I'd... You got to leave fear behind and move forward through the storm, through the storm, through the storm. That simply means you and me moving forward every day, Brother Jack. Thank you for that conversation the other day. Brother Austin, says, Courtney, you're new in this. I don't mean to pick you out here. I don't need to embarrass you, but... This is the this is the real now and now. You understand? Is it we we have been called church? There's only one calling that we have right now, and that is we are called to go through whatever day it is that we have been granted permission to live. That's all. That's your only calling is to get through this particular moment. And when you do that, your walk with God is going to produce something that is in the miraculous. That is, Peter, what do you, he says, I am going to walk on top of this storm. I am going to elevate myself because Jesus told me to come through. He called me into this storm, not out of the storm. He called me straight, dab in the middle of it. And it is your it is your accepting the call into that storm that is going to produce the miraculous that will bring peace into the ship. But here's the deal. Peter had to be willing to die because this was something that had never been done before. He was putting his life on. He was throwing his life right into the fierceness of that storm, Brother Jack. He, was, he had to be willing to Present his body a living sacrifice, if that's what it took. And he did. And we know the story. I don't have to remind you. His eyes were focused. He was focused, focused, focused. He was focused on, he was focused on the play. He was focused on the voice. 
He was focused on his calling. He was focused on getting to the place that God had called him to. And in doing so, he did something that no other man had ever done, nor has ever done before. He walked not just on calm, cool, collective water. He walked on the, on the very top of that storm. He, he was not knocked over by no 60 mile an hour wind he was stable as could be why because he was going to the master we know the story not only was he willing the bible says that he fell how many how many feet how many yards did he make it i don't know but he fell And the only thing, listen to me carefully. This is the only thing that matters in the end. He says, Lord, save me. I said, oh God, that's the only thing that matters. My obedience to the call of God, my willingness to offer myself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, And in the midst of that, in the midst of that, he went under. He was overwhelmed by the storm. And I always said, Lord, save me. For the block, it's all that matters. In the end, God saved me. That's all. Just save me. Save my family. Save me, Lord. And we know the story. There's only one way they get back in that boat, and that is they both walk together. And as soon as they get inside there, the Bible says that the storm had no other place to hide because the master was on board and he had been on board even though they had he they had to go through it but he was there here's the good part oh and i and i, and I hope and pray that this is a part This is a part of your Christian walk, okay? When the storm stopped, the Bible says that when he got in the boat and the storm stopped, that they worshiped. They worshiped. Oh, God. Maybe that's what they forgot to do in the midst of the storm. I don't know. But every victory that comes my way, Brother Easton, I don't want to pick on you, right? Devin, I don't want to pick on you either, but I'm going to, okay? I hope you never forget, you never forget what God did for you when He took you through the storm safely on the other side. I hope you never forget to worship Him. Sister Sabrina, you, you're too, those two, now you got three, but those first two little babies airlifted under what, two pounds? 
I hope that every time she says, oh, Sister Sarah, your family had been through it. But I hope that you don't forget that when you, you that your commitment says that, that you are going to, when the storm finally ceases, that I may not have the strength to worship Him the way that I want to during the storm. Well, when that storm comes to a stop, I'm going to be there, Lord. I'm going to worship you. As you come, we're going to open up the altar here. And I invite each and every one of you, if you have a need this morning, if you have a need this morning, if you need encouragement this morning, come on, listen to this carefully. This is the end of that story. When they got to the other side, those that were sick came from miles around, and as many as touched the hem of his garment were made perfectly whole. You know why the devil was trying to keep them from the other side? is because there was healing on the other side. Because there was people that wanted to touch the Master. And it says they were made... Listen... The Bible says that they were made perfectly whole. They just touched him. Lord, I need to touch you. You know, I ask him, yeah, I want you to touch me, Lord. But there are times in my life that when I don't feel like he touches me, right, that that the Lord says, I've got to touch you today. You're here. You need a miracle. You need a healing. Raise your hand if you need special prayer. Special prayer. Come, come right down here to this very front area. Grab Brother Jeff. Grab the oil there with you. Come on, folks. Listen. Listen carefully. Listen carefully to this. Just as a reminder, okay? Just as a reminder, sometimes storms are sent into our lives to remind us of our calling. Dear Jonah, 